The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. My name is Rochelle Fox. I am your host. And today we have something a little different on the podcast. So this is not a spirituality or a mindset episode, but a deep dive girl talk with Sophie Milner. Now, Sophie is a UK based fashion influencer and also a new business owner of something called New Circle Society, which is a community created to help adults in London connect and make friends. Now, I caught up with Sophie during her first first ever solo trip at the age of 32. And she came over to my house and sat down in the studio and we just chatted about everything. We talked about the new culture of solo female travel and the rise of female independence. We also talked about how you can find your voice online, societal expectations of women, and how our generation is rewriting the rule book, reshaping the landscape on marriage and relationships. We also talked about Sophie's expectations versus reality on what her life looks like now compared to what she thought it would look like when she was younger. And we discussed the challenges of making and maintaining friendships as an adult, socializing without relying on drinking, and so, so much more. This was such a fun conversation on topics that I know so many of our Mindspo community are dealing with and thinking about. I really hope that this podcast episode helps you feel a little less alone, and it reminds you that just like you, everyone is also figuring it out as they go. So, Let's dive in. For anyone listening that doesn't know a little bit about you and is maybe hearing about you for the first time, tell me a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm Sophie, Sophie Milner. I'm a fashion and lifestyle influencer from London. And I also run this little business. I kind of hate that I just called it a little business. I mean, it is, but I feel like it kind of comes across like a little bit patronizing to it. I have a business, another business, and it's called New Circle Society. And it's a community and membership for women in their late 20s to early 30s to make friends in London by doing like cool shit and cool events. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I only launched it recently, but I've been doing the influencer stuff for seven as a job for seven years now and I initially started it 10 years ago so I've been kind of in the industry for quite some time I love that I want to start this by saying so I found you on Instagram I was scrolling along and I was looking for some cute fits I was like (laughs) okay I need to level up my wardrobe game so I was just on outfit Instagram (laughs) it's going through all the different people that like influence in that space and I came across you and I was like, ah, oh, this girl like goes really good style. And you were just putting together different outfits. And I think you were doing like comparisons on like different sizes. And I'm like, okay, I really love the way you're approaching this. And then I noticed your bio and your bio said style and substance. <laughs> and I was like, huh, interesting. I like, she looks like a, like a fashion influencer. And then I followed you. And I think like two days later, your stories got served up. And then I went into your stories and I was like, <laughs> Okay, I get what she means by the substance. You are one of these people that I think is just like a classic, like I'm not someone that judges a book by its cover, but we have this saying in our modern day culture, which is don't judge a book by its cover. But yet so many people do. They look at someone, they look at someone with blonde hair or a blow dry or wearing a certain outfit, and then they just have an instant judgment on who they think they are. You are someone that I feel is the definition of don't judge a book by its cover because you just have so much to you and you are so interesting and you have so many interesting conversations that you have on your stories and you are not just someone that's not that there's anything wrong with just posting about fashion but like you're posting about fashion but you're also posting about all of these incredible topics and all of these different opinions and just being such a girl's girl online as well and I 
loved that oh. about you. I was like, not only am I getting like epic style advice, but I'm also, you're talking about like current events mm-hmm. and, you know, your opinions on them and just like you've done all these stories on catcalling and equality. And I was just blown away by how much you managed to talk about and hold space for online. And like, I think the thing is like, I actually hadn't really, being honest with you, I hadn't seen someone do that. I've never yeah. really seen someone that was in the fashion niche also talking about so many other things. And I found that really, really interesting because you were talking about it in just such a, a chill girl next door, like this is just a conversation. I, I just thought balanced way. Yeah. And I really <laughs> commend you for that. I guess I oh, want to just put you. that out there because that's like you were, that saying on your Instagram is so true. Yeah. So maybe do you want to just like talk a little bit about that and yeah. like that angle that you have online? You know what? Honestly, it's such a weird thing because I get this, I get people say this a lot to me. And for me, as I show up, I think people have this whole perception of influencers mm, being of course. quite fake. And, yes. you know, oh, they're so fake and they're so this and they're so that. And yes, there is obviously an element of fakeness to every influencer's life. We are showing a certain element of things. But I feel like I generally tend to show up in a very authentic way because that is just who I am in real life. It really is like, I'm like, hey, look, this is my nice outfit, but also this happened today and this really annoyed me and like, it made me think of this time or, you know, this happened in the news and this is really frustrating. And I just, when I was younger, I used to think, and you know, when like, when, I mean, when I'm younger, you know, and you think, oh, if I ever, if I'm ever famous when I'm older, I just, I was like, I can never just be like a celebrity that just makes money and does whatever. I was like, I'd have to be able to use my platform for good. Like in some way, I just, I couldn't imagine having a platform and not using it to raise money for charity or like sort of shout about important causes. So even though like, no, I'm not famous, I'm not a celebrity, I'm not a Hollywood actor or actress, I'm something else instead. But it's the same kind of thing. Like I just find it impossible to not talk about these things to a point where having opinions has actually, it's kind of got me in hot water before a little bit because people don't necessarily always like it and people don't always agree. Mm -hmm. They don't always agree with your opinions, which is fine. Cause like, you know, if we all had the same opinions, life would be really boring. So sometimes talking about things can be a little bit difficult. And also sometimes I get things wrong. Sometimes I might share my opinion on something and I might I might not have the full facts on it and someone's going to correct me or they'll share their point of view. And it can be a bit like, oh God, I'm going to have to like retract that. And I see, I feel like you get held to a slightly different higher standard when you talk about these things. And I see it amongst my friends in the industry back in the UK who also talk about important topics. Because as soon as then something happens and you don't speak about it, people get really angry about it and they'll mm. message you and be like, oh my God, why have you not spoken about this? And why have you not spoken about that? And it's like, I'm not a, I'm still just an influencer that posts about clothes and sometimes posts about my experiences and my thoughts and opinions. I can't post about everything. I'm not a current affairs news channel. So there's this expectation, but I love having that balance. And I remember when I was doing my master's degree, my tutor said to me, he was like, you're going to go around spending your whole life having people underestimate you because of how you present yourself and how you appear to people outwardly. And I was just like, I'm going to take this as a backwards compliment that you think that I'm attractive and I make an effort with how I look. But I was just like, (laughs) but he he was just like, you know, he's like, people Mm. will think that you're not capable of the things that you're capable of. And people will look at you and just probably think that you're a bit of like a a bimbo because of the way that you, you, you pay such a close attention to the way that your, your appearance is. Mm. But he was like, you have so much depth and you will spend your life surprising people. And I think that's the thing. And it can be kind of frustrating in a way because people never expect these things of you but yeah I just I like to talk about things that mean something and I do sometimes have to hold back a little bit because I I make my money working with brands and sometimes I'm like I have to hold back and be a little bit more brand safe Mm -hmm. because if I speak about these issues I know that a brand might maybe want to work with someone who's a little bit more maybe like me, but vanilla. And they're just more like placid and they just talk about like fashion and trends and Mm -hmm. things like that. And they don't talk about like the nitty gritty things. But I like... I like providing entertainment. People always do say this to me. They're like, oh yeah, your feed is this. And then you go in your stories and you're like, whoa, so many different topics. And I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) it's a mess, but it's great. It's chaos. Like one day I will be talking about, you know, oh my God, I've got this really cute top, how nice it is. And the next thing you'll be like, oh my God, like incels are doing this and it's really bad and it's really awful. And this is what happened. And it's just a roller coaster. (laughs) People get whiplash. 
No, I, but I, I really love that because I think as in the online space, we don't have to talk about anything. It's always no, like our choice. And a lot of people don't. It's something that probably for me, I find quite activating because I'm, I, it's not something that I'm super comfortable with myself. Mm. Something about me is I, I have a lot of opinions, but I don't necessarily share a lot of my opinions online. I do in my space mm. <laughs> of what I talk about, but outside of that, whereas you've, you're, you're just kind of like, hey, there are all these things and here's this and this. And I, I think that it takes a certain kind of person to be able to do that yeah. with just, I don't know what I want to call it, like self-trust or just like uh, there's like a confidence there, mm. but then there's also just a a deep like desire to mm. want to make a difference, which I think that we're all trying to do our yeah. best where we are. Yeah. And you just come across to me as someone that like, hey, I really want to make a difference. Yeah. And this is one way that I can. That's the thing. I, I actually really wish that I wasn't like that. Sometimes I know, I know it sounds weird. Like I wish, cause I talk about these things and I know that it can affect possibly the money that I make. And I know sometimes it can affect the, the growth that I make because if I was just posting outfits and just doing this, 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 this constantly, I probably could cultivate something that I would have also, I would feel, it sounds really weird because I've done this job for so long. I would feel like I would have some form of distance from my job, whereas I'm so entwined with my job. I find it really hard to disconnect from it sometimes. And it's because mm. I am my job. Whereas I almost, I feel like if I could just show up to work and have this sort of level of separation, I, it, it would, I don't know, like it would feel quite nice to be able to have that, mm. but I just can't do it. I just mm. can't. And I guess like, I really like the fact that you identified it's, it's it's a desire to change rather than me just being simply like a gobby cow, because I do think it is a desire for what things to change. Would you, would you call it a, go- a gobby cow? A gobby cow, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, it's a very like British thing. Yeah. I love She's that. such a gobby cow, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, I, I definitely like you wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't think that yeah. it came from like a, like I could see that in you. Like yeah. from the minute I started following, I'm like, oh, you really give a shit. Yeah. And you you yeah. really and you really care Definitely. and this is your way of expressing that which I think is it's really cool to yeah. see and I do go through phases where I talk less about things and I kind of usually when I'm going through like my own shit mm. and I'm like I can't even focus on what's going on in the news right now so yeah it, it can be hard like knowing what to share online even things like relationships and stuff like that I've got friends who don't share anything about their relationships online and I'm like you know what I really respect that but I share so much of my everyday online mm. that I find it really hard to keep these things off mm. offline so yeah it's hard to find the balance sometimes what would you say to someone that wants to like share online, start talking and sharing their opinions and putting things out there, but like they're nervous? Is there anything that's like helped you like cultivate that skill? Or do you think it's like that's always come kind of naturally to you? It's come quite naturally to me. But what I would say is make sure you you kind of essentially fact check a little bit first, because there have been times even even recently, and this is a big there's so much misinformation online and it's so easy for it to happen. Like even there's a horrible news story that I won't go into too much detail because it's really depressing. It happened in the UK very recently and it, there was a misreporting of who the person was that got killed. And everyone, even the, the articles, the news articles were sharing. So this person got killed and it actually turned out to be this person's friend that got killed. Mm. And it was really bad. And even I shared something like, and I was like, this is awful. I can't believe this person, someone got killed for doing this. And then someone messaged me to be like, it wasn't that person. Mm. And I was there like, whoa, like I've misreported that. Like, and also so is everyone else. So mm. I think it's just be very clear of what you're talking about first before jumping into it. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. And also be prepared that you might get people who disagree because everyone's going to disagree. Some people like to disagree with you for fun. Some people disagree with you on things and then actually be like, no, I actually do agree with you. I just was trying to poke the bear. People like to wind people up. So Mm -hmm. you have to be prepared for that. And often you need to be aware that you just should not engage. That kind of thing just deserves to not be engaged with. And it's not you being unwilling to debate, which is what they will spin it as. It's just literally being like, hey, this is my opinion. If you want to share your opinion and debate your opinion, post about that on your own channel, like how I'm posting about mine. So that would be my main bit of advice. Just like make sure you kind of try and fact check and know where you're coming from before sharing and be prepared for people to have opinions on your opinions. <laughs> yeah, I love that like a line about just like not feeling like you always have to debate. I think that's something I've learned with online space massively because mm-hmm. I think so often people want to, they leave a comment and they're like, why haven't you written back to this comment mm. and why aren't you answering me? And I'm just like, girl, like I'm, I'm running companies. I'm busy. Yeah. Like I'm, not, yeah. I'm like, I'm not holding space for a debate exactly. on this thing. No, it's so true. Sometimes people just want to fight. Sometimes mm. they do. And it's like just to be able to like be really like placid about 
about that is 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 something else. So I remember I posted like this. It was about it's about some drama that was kicking off in Formula One and the Miami Grand Prix and how the influencers had been taken to the Miami Grand Prix and all these fans are kicking off about it, being like, I can't believe these non-F1 fans are being taken to this sport and all this stuff was kicking off. And I was just I did some stories about it being like, this has happened for years in absolutely every single sport. It's nothing new. It is what it is. It's annoying for fans. I get it but it's been happening for years. And then someone got really up in my grill, in my DMs and was really having a go at me. But the thing was, we actually had the same opinion. Mm. She just wanted to argue with me. Mm. And she was just like, I've been a fan of Formula One my whole life. You've only been a fan for like two years. And I was just like, okay, like I really appreciate your opinion because you're a fan that's been a fan, like, you know, your whole life. And I was so nice to her and she wasn't expecting it. And you know, when someone's just like trying to argue and it was just really funny. And I was just like, I'm not even going to get into this because there's no point. So I was just like, okay, like, thank you so much for sharing your opinion with me. I really appreciate it. And she couldn't stand that. I wasn't biting. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. I just try, I always think rise above it, rise above it. Don't get me wrong, there's been times that I've replied and called people a C word and blocked them Im like immediately. But like sometimes you just, you figure it out as you go. <laughs> you figure out like who deserves what response. But usually it's just no response is the best response. I love that. <laughs> I want to circle back to you being in yeah. Bali. Yes, so I know, it's great. You're here and you came on this trip solo. And I, I love that. Like, so you were posting the other day on your Instagram and I think it's just such an interesting point about like solo travel and just deciding to do the things that you want to do and not waiting for someone to come with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about like, is this your first solo trip? Have you done much solo trips before? No. So this is my first solo trip. I've traveled a lot to other countries to like meet friends mm -hmm. and meet up with people. But like the, my first solo trip, this is the first time I've ever done one before. That's just entirely by myself. And I'm 32. And like one of the reasons, one of the reasons why is my parents. I have very, very like overprotective parents, even mm -hmm. at my age. And I just felt so guilty about the idea of going away and my mom and dad being really like nervous the whole time, which is why this is my eighth time in Bali. So whilst yes, it's a solo trip, it's like, I kind of, I know the island so well. Mm. I also have a lot of friends who do live here. So it's like, I have the option to see people when I want, which is really cool. But it is still technically, I'm coming here by myself. I'm spending a lot of time Girl, by it's myself. a solo it's still trip. A solo it trip. is a solo it's still trip. It's a solo trip. So it's like, it still technically is a solo trip. And I just was like, I just want to, I just want to do this. I, I missed, I missed Bali. It had been 18 months since I was last here. None of my friends could come with me. My boyfriend couldn't come with me because he was on a family trip that I was also meant to be going on, but then sort of had a bit of a change of plans and was like, the island is calling me. I've got to go here instead. So, I, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I, I know it well enough to do my own thing. And it was, it, it's been really liberating. It's been, I feel like I felt every emotion under the sun whilst being here. And also it doesn't help because I was during my period. So I was feeling like a bit hormonal and like emotional. Girl, same. Just, Legit. Just like, coming off it. It's been a... It's, oh, it's been a ride. It's, it's been, been a, a ride. ride. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like feeling all those things is a lot. And it's mm. I, I felt like really happy and liberated and free and excited. Mm. I've also felt like quite lonely. I felt upset. I felt, oh my God, I miss my boyfriend. Like I miss my mom. I miss my dog. I felt anxious because I'm like, oh my God, like what do I do today? And I, I felt, I've honestly felt everything. I felt, oh, I want to live here. I want to stay here. I felt, I want to go home. I can't wait to go home. Should I move my flight? I've honestly felt every emotion and it's all been very fleeting. It's all, every emotion I felt has kind of like come and gone and it's just been like, it is what it is regardless of all this it's been great and I'm really proud of myself for doing it I also got sick mm. I got really sick one day as well I got I got barley belly and that for me was a bit of a mixed bag because most people are like oh my god it's so horrible being sick by yourself like when you're traveling yes it is but I was so sick I was like I'm actually kind of grateful that no one is having to share this room with me and witness this <laughs> because I was it's like, so like that in barley belly it, you just don't want anyone around no, you no and I was just there like it sounds like there's an exorcism happening every time I go to the bathroom. So I was like, I didn't want anyone to have to witness this. I was like, I'm glad my boyfriend's not here. I'm glad one of my friends isn't here. I would hate to to put somebody through that. Mm. It's horrible. So it was really funny, but not funny. And then the thing was like, after I, I got like an IV brought rounds and they had a drip, which was the best thing ever. It saved my life. And then the next day kind of I slept for a few hours and then I woke up kind of in the middle of the night and was like eh, now I felt then I felt sad and alone and the next day I felt a bit sad and alone but also probably hormones a mix of everything but this trip's been it's been great and it's it's made me think really differently about doing solo trips going forward I was like you know what if I just feel like I want to go to Paris I'm gonna book myself a hotel and the Eurostar I'm gonna get get the tube 
get on the Eurostar and I'm gonna go to Paris for the night. Why not? Why would I not do that? There's a bit of a weird culture in the UK, I feel, and I've had this conversation a lot with people since being here in Bali. It's very normal to go out for dinner by yourself in mm. Bali and you see it all the time. You see a lot of people by themselves here. Lunchtime, dinner time, breakfast time, whatever. In the UK, you see people, you know, maybe getting lunch by themselves and going for breakfast by themselves. You very rarely see anybody out having dinner by themselves. Mm. And I wouldn't do that personally in London. I don't know what it is even now. I still don't feel like I would do it. And I don't I don't know why it is. Going cinema by myself, love it. But going for dinner by myself, I don't know if I would feel a bit weird with it still. Maybe mm. I need to try it when I go back. But I think that's your challenge. Yeah, I think it's my challenge home. when I'm I go back. I'm going to message you and be like, yeah. how's that dinner by yourself I going? I know, I know. The only time I've done like solo dinners is like when I've been, tra- like literally when I've been traveling mm. or like been at an airport. So maybe I need to go out for a solo dinner and just sit and read my book and do my thing. But it's a very, it doesn't, re- I don't see it happen in London very often. I don't. Mm. And then if you do do it, I think people might look and be a bit like, has she been stood up? So yeah, that's the vibe actually. Even even when I see other people do it, I've actually thought, have they been are they there by themselves for fun or have they been stood up? Mm. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. But yeah, the solo travel thing, I would definitely recommend it. There's obviously safety elements to it being a woman, but I think it's just really worth just like trying something and see how you feel. I definitely suggest maybe like booking like a little weekend trip or something easy, accessible. I think if I was gonna go back and do this again, there's someone like you know doing something my first solo trip I probably would have done what my friend Lucy did she just booked like this really nice resort in Mykonos and she was like I booked four nights at this really nice resort in Mykonos and I just went and I read books and I had dinner and I went swimming and it was amazing and she just did that and I was like I probably would maybe look at doing something like that and then doing a couple day trips out but I just knew Bali so well I was like Mm. it made sense to come here I think solo trips are, I'm such an advocate for them. Like we run retreats and so many people that come to these retreats are solo travelers and they're so scared. Like women, it's so interesting. I think it's such a intriguing thing to witness the fear that we have about going on a solo trip. It brings up all of these things. Like you literally said it. I felt like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I've been through every emotion yeah. and I've seen that so many times. And I think it's just this this kind of purging of realizing, oh, I'm by myself, I'm on my own, I can do this. And then this like kind of rebirthing of Mm. like independence and not just like an independence of like, yeah, I can do things around the house. It's like, no, 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 like an independence of not that I'm adulting or I've got my job and whatever. It's like, no, no, I'm in a country by myself. I flew myself here on my own money. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. there is something so liberating about that. And I feel like it, it unlocks something within us to just realize, oh shit, yeah, I don't need as many things as I thought from the outside world or other people. I can actually yes. do it myself. And it's amazing that I can also have other people and I'm welcoming that in, but it just takes away a bit of that fear. Absolutely. It's like having that choice. It's like now I feel, oh, this is great. I can go on a solo trip whenever I want. And if my friends aren't around and I don't have to deal with anyone else, which is nice, I can do everything on my own agenda. I can do the things that I want. I don't mm. have to worry about someone else having a good time. I just suit myself. Whereas I'm also like, but I can also book a trip with my friends if I want to book a trip with my friends. So it's fine. Like I feel once you've unlocked that side, it's great. And I think we also really need to kind of talk about it as well. When it comes to solo travel, there's this whole, there's a shame factor of doing things by yourself as a Mm. woman. I think especially as a woman. And I think there's a whole joke of like, women go to the bathroom in pairs. We don't do shit by ourselves very often. And I feel like when you see a woman doing things alone, there's this Mm. assumption that, oh, she's by herself she's alone does she not have a boyfriend does she not have a man and it's like that kind of thing and I really hate that it's like you know what I can have, I can have fucking boyfriends I can have a boyfriend I can have a best friend I can have loads of friends doesn't mean I don't want to do stuff by myself and it's really weird because I've lived I've lived alone for seven years mm. six or seven no like seven years I think and I'd never done a solo trip I'm so used to being by myself yeah and with my dog, but I'm used to doing so many things by myself. I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for seven years. I have worked for myself, by myself, for so long about then doing a solo trip. I was like, oh my God, this is very new to me and very strange. I have a lot of my parents' thoughts projected onto me. And I knew that my parents would say this when, because my mum basically, when I originally booked this trip, mm. my mum thought that I was coming to stay with friends out here. Oh. And I was like, it was only when I posted something on my Instagram about being like doing a solo trip and like I think I was like, has anyone got any advice for it? And my mom was like, when you say solo trip, what do you really mean? And this was like maybe a week before I went. And I was like, well, I'm going by myself. She's like, yeah, but you're staying with friends, aren't you? And I was like, no, I'm staying by myself, but I'm meeting friends when I'm out there. And she was like, oh, 
oh my God, I didn't really realize that was what you're doing. Now I don't really feel very comfortable about it. My dad offered to give me the money back for my flight so that I wouldn't go. Oh, we love that. Like literally, I know. Like, and I was just there, like, oh. But then it made me feel so like much more guilty about mm. going. And then my mom was like, but this isn't, this isn't what women do. This isn't what women do. And oh, I was just there so like, interesting. oh, I was like, no. I was like, you're so, you're sucking the times. And my mum's very mm. small town, grew up in the middle in the Midlands. All she ever wanted to do was leave school, get a job, have kids, which is what she did. So very, very, very different lives. Whereas my dad gets it a little bit more as he's like, he's traveled a lot and wanted to see the world and still wants to. But, and he loves the fact that I want to, but also he's just there like, that's my baby girl. So I'm scared. <laughs> I feel like if we look at like the timeline of women, like I think it's so interesting, like when you really go back in history and you look at like all these like monumentous mm-hmm. moments that happened in history, when we started voting, when we started doing this, we got the rights to do that. Solo, there's all of these things that are still kind of happening and changing that we're probably, they don't seem like they're going to be written in the history books. It's not like there's a history book or a moment being written about like, oh, women started taking solo trips, right? <laughs> but it's like, it is like we are definitely definitely in this generation mm-hmm. where one we are financially stable enough to mm-hmm. be able to take trips by ourselves mm-hmm. we're independent enough we're not necessarily feeling like we need a man and a lot of us are single in our 30s and by choice as well because we're like you know what we want to be and we're happy and yeah. there isn't someone that's reaching our standards you know or we are in relationships and we're cultivating more independence and it's so interesting that although this isn't something that is going to be written in the history books we're in this kind of day and age where things like solo travel and female solo travel, that's becoming like a whole new culture. Mm -hmm. And it is quite new. And it's like this generation, like our generation is kind of, it is really a time where women are changing their relationship with travel and changing their relationship with how they do certain things and realizing, oh, hang on a second. It doesn't have to be a trip with my friends or with my man or with my family. Like I can just go do things for me and I don't have to ask for anyone else's permission. This, this is is honestly the nicest thing and kind Mm. of, it sounds so stupid in a way that when you say it, it's like, why is that, why should that be some big realization? But But it is. But this is the thing. I think there's so many things in like our, and like you talk about this stuff in your Instagram stories all the time, (laughs) like feminine psyche. Like it's like when we go deep into the feminine psyche, Mm -hmm. like there are things that are just there that we're not questioning that are showing up. I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example, right? You know that like right now I'm in the middle of like packing to go to Sydney. I had this thing where I turned around to Seoul and I'm like, I feel like in Sydney I'm going to have single girl energy. (laughs) Partner who's been with me for 12 years is like – <laughs> like he's like processing that he's okay like what do you mean I'm like no but like I want to have that independence and that kind of like that energy that I had when I used to be single where I was just going out and doing things more on my own for some reason being in a relationship I haven't there is like a certain kind of side of me that has died a little bit mm-hmm. and I want to I'm moving back home to the place that I used to where I first met him I want to cultivate that independence that liberation like I'm going to be in a western place as well like I'm not going to be in Asia, it definitely changes like how I feel about like my safety and stuff. You know, it's where yeah. I grew up. So it, it's so interesting that there are so many things that are just like deep below the surface. Yeah. And then we tap into them and we're like, why is that such a big deal for us? Yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't be such a big deal, but why is it such it a big shouldn't. deal? I think that's really interesting, the point you made, because I feel like I get kind of like the same with things. Like, I feel like a certain side of me like dies a little bit. And I think it's really difficult when you do get like that in a relationship, because I think it's, it's very natural and very normal and mm. actually can be a really nice thing. And I think that the thought of unlocking that side again, like you said, like the single side is, is like, it's not the single side, but it kind of is these things that represented what you were when you were single. Mm. And I think there's something really like beautiful and liberating about that. And I think a lot of people in relationships, myself included, could benefit so much from having that level of self-awareness and actually pushing to do those things. And I know that for me, if I turn around and was just like, said, if my boyfriend was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, cool. Shall I come? And he's like, no, I want to do it by myself. I'd be like, oh, oh, but is, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with wanting mm-hmm. to do things by yourself. And it's actually a really nice thing to re-explore. And I think we don't question these things enough. And I think it's, you guys have been together for a long time. So I think it's really beautiful that you're moving back there. And that's one of the things in your mind. Cause I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice it's a nice and beautiful thing to want to do. And we don't question that as women. We send, we tend to settle down into like our very comfortable places and our roles. The thing is, it's because it's comfortable mm. and it feels normal. And then we kind of stop thinking a little bit more outside of that. And it's so important to keep questioning things and thinking outside of that. So. Yeah, we get stuck in the box. Yeah. 
yeah. massively. I want to talk about, so speaking about putting ourselves in boxes as women. So if you go back to when you were 18 and you were like imagining your life and what it was going to look like, what did you feel like your life was going to look like at 32 when you were 18 versus how it looks like now? So really weirdly, it looks exactly how I wanted it to in some respects, but also completely different. So I, okay, I genuinely I love it. Break so it down. I genuinely believe I manifested my life and mm-hmm. my lifestyle. So when I was younger, I always had this idea. I was like, I'm gonna move to a big city, whether it's London or New York. I'm gonna work in fashion in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Like I I always thought I was like, I wanna be a fashion writer or a stylist, you know, fashion influencer obviously did not exist back then. So I was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have nice designer bags, I'm gonna wear nice outfits, I'm gonna go to cool bars, I'm gonna live in a beautiful like apartment that looks overlooks a park, and I'm gonna do this, this, and this. I had no idea how I was gonna get that. Mm-hmm. I just literally I was I spent a life growing up being deluded. And it works. Like it genuinely works. Like it is being Delulu is a Salulu. Like, Literally, it, it's <laughs> my jumper right now. Being Delulu is a Salulu. No, but it so is. And I genuinely feel like yeah. it led me to where I am now. So, my pathway that like, I went into studying journalism at university, and it was then very difficult to get. Even though I, I left my masters with a distinction and I graduated top of my class. It was really hard to get a job because I hadn't got the intern experience and I had to basically do loads of free interning and I couldn't afford to do that in London. So I had to get a job doing copywriting and I was like, yeah, my life isn't really looking exactly how I expected it to. And then I had like my blog on the side and my blog on my Instagram and that started really kicking off and doing really well. And then I started doing that. So I was writing on my blog, my YouTube, my Instagram, doing all that stuff, doing all the fashion content I had dreamt of doing but I thought I'd do it for someone else, but I was doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then like I left my job and was earning enough money to sustain everything. And then I moved into an apartment by myself and I was like, I'm living in my dream apartment. I bought my first Chanel bag, which I thought I wouldn't be able to do, afford to do till I was in my forties. And I did it when I was like 25, 26. And I was just like, this is incredible and so exciting. And I was there like, I remember being like, I have manifested my life. And now at 32, Granted, I'm in a little bit of a crossroads with like what I want because it's almost like I achieved everything that I wanted. So now I'm in this point of being like, well, what next? Mm-hmm. What next? And I'm that's what I've kind of been at for the probably since hitting 30. I achieved everything so much sooner than I expected it to. I'm like, ah, what do I do now? Like I'm happy sustaining this, but also I feel like I need more. So that's kind of where I've been at. But the only thing that I feel was missing was this very traditional sense of what you think when you're 18 mm-hmm. you assume you're you assume you're probably gonna be married and have kids oh yeah <laughs> you honestly assume, and you're like and I remember thinking I was just like oh god I have to get married by the time I'm 30 because it's like actually really embarrassing to be wearing a wedding dress after the age of 30 like that's oh gen- my god that's what <laughs> I, I know think. that's what how we used to think isn't it crazy I go back to some of the thoughts that I used <laughs> yeah. to have and I'm just like I thought 30 was old. I know. Like, how? I know. Like, honestly. I know, I know. It's crazy. It's it's so wild. And it's really funny thinking about it. So I haven't got that. But also it's interesting because it's like, I haven't got that, but that's not what I, I want now. Like, as I I've got that. older, I assumed I assumed when I was younger, when I was 18, I was like, yeah, but every woman wants to get married and have kids. I, I, I used to want to get married. I assume there will come a day where it hits me that I want children. Like, but I definitely don't, I was like, I don't really, I don't want children, not 38. And like now it's like, I'm still definitely in the 18 year old mindset. Like, I don't want kids. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want them. I think it would take a lot, a lot, a lot to change my mind. And I just can't see them in my life. But a marriage as well. I used to want to get married up until a couple of years ago. And now I've changed my mind. I'm like, it's actually, it's really not what I want. I don't see the, I honestly don't see the point in marriage. Like, okay, I don't, I'm very. Really I'm, get you. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like, I, I don't like being, I don't like, I don't want to have a wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I, I just don't really feel, I see the point in it anymore in a modern day society. It's less maybe you want children. But that's a whole different story. So my life, the expectations versus reality is almost like identical, but very different. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't be happier about it because it's diff- the way that it's different is like so in tune with me and who I am as a person and who I've grown as a woman. And it's also in tune with the person who I was at 18 because I was like, I just assumed that the things that I don't have now as a 32-year-old would be things that I would have or change my mind into wanting because of society and what society like, expects of women. Yeah. Which is not been the case and as I've grown and been like yeah society expects that of women but like we don't have to do that and we're in this amazing generation of women where are we are like writing our we're rewriting the rule book essentially so I think it's really exciting and really amazing so 
things are different, but also the same. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad about it. I love that. I think one thing that you said that I find really, really interesting is you kind of just were pinpointing and you didn't describe it like this, but in my head, this is how I like link it. I feel like when we're in like that 18 year old kind of like, you know, just getting going out into the world kind of energy, there are so many things that are like conditioned beliefs or conditioned things that we think that we have to have that would be weird not to want at 18. So like, for example, so Sol and I together for 12 years, we got engaged in 2018 we haven't gotten married. We've been engaged now for like, what, four four years or something. I do not care about marriage. I was a psycho. I will admit I was a psycho about wanting to get engaged. I, was, I get that. I really wanted the commitment after being together so long. I was like, yo, like, I just want this. This is really important to me. Marriage, could not care less. Both, both don't want kids. Don't think we're going to have kids. Yeah. People think we're so strange because they're like, oh my God, you guys would be the best parents. And it's so interesting. Sure you would, but so, yeah. And, but it's so interesting because it's like I have that exact same thing where there were all of these things that were sort of these, I've achieved so many things that were so my desires, which is exactly what you're saying. There were all these desires that you had that were on your heart that you were like, this is what I want. I want to pursue this career. Mm -hmm. I want to achieve these things. I want to be able to purchase these things. I want this kind of independence. Now, those are all true to your soul. What's happened? You've achieved those. And then all of the things that were more these kind of stickers, I I kind of call like the societal pressures and beliefs, like they're like bumper stickers. Mm -hmm. So we have like this engine that is like really makes sense. And this is like, and how we fuel it. And that's how we go. But then we have all these societal bumper stickers that everyone is putting the bumper sticker of like, you're going to have a baby and you're going to get married. You're going to do that. And it's like, as I get older, I feel like I'm out there some days with like the little scraping tool (laughs) and I am scraping off the bumper sticker. And I'm like, actually, I'm I'm not wearing that societal bumper sticker anymore. I'm like not riding my car with that on it. I'm not interested. That's not the race that I am running. It's so true. I really love that analogy as well. I I really love it. And it's interesting that you say that as well, because so many of my friends who wanted marriage and wanted this and wanted that, they've they've really changed their opinions mm. on it as well. Or they've been the same as you. They were like, yeah, I really wanted to get married. And then I got engaged. I'm so happy. And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. I'm happy with this ring. I'm happy with this man. I'm happy with this. Like if we if we change our minds and want to go sign some papers, we'll sign some papers. But it's not, it's not super important to us mm. anymore. And I think it's, I really love that there is this kind of, undoing of these traditional things mm. which has happened because if at the end of the day if you think about it marriage marriage was first came about as a way to like that you you'd be this it'd be the selling of a woman to another man essentially <laughs> like I you know, know it's it's dowries yeah I went, I went deep into like researching dowries recently <laughs> I, love I had to pull myself out of a youtube hole of like I was like oh gosh I just it's too much it's crazy it's crazy like we were property that's mm. the whole like even like the whole like giving away at a wedding it comes from like giving them away like you know as property whereas they had to basically when women were given like the rights to to vote and like work and they had to basically rebrand and remarket marriage Mm. to be something else because they were like oh so women aren't going to want this anymore we need to sell them as something else let's sell it as everlasting love and true partnership and everything like that and they had to rebrand it and essentially Mm. that's what marriage is today and it makes so much money I mean I don't judge anyone for wanting to get married married like I also I say this I I love I love being a wedding guest I love going to my friends weddings I have the best time I cry my eyes out because I love love so much and I think that there's nothing I will ever I'll never judge anyone for wanting to get married and celebrate their love because I think it is so beautiful and everyone should get to do that so like I I don't want to seem like I'm such a marriage hater no no no, you're not not, it's just not for me (laughs) I think what you're talking about though is it's like I it's not about hating marriage I think what you're talking about is literally just like people redefining their relationship with marriage which is what this generation is doing it's like for me it's this thing of like I we probably will get married but I'm the kind of importance of marriage died off because for me it was about something else. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, it's so interesting how we're in this times and space and literally reality where we're Mm -hmm. constantly changing these social constructs Mm -hmm. and we're redefining like, what does this mean for me? Like, how do I feel about this? Yeah, completely. I feel like I would probably be quite worried about being single again because men find this very confusing right Mm. most men look at 32 year old woman and they have these thoughts of oof okay she's on the baby train which is like a term that i hate so she's 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 32 she's getting older she's gonna want a baby soon she's also gonna want to get married so i I don't know i don't know if i want to go near that woman because of all these things and it's just that like i never thought about that yeah it's really bad it's really bad so i used to find it like that must be huge and also it's like 
I, I didn't date for very long before I got together with my partner. I wasn't single, I wasn't single for a super long time and I was kind of like off dating for a bit. But I did, most men, they find, they just don't understand a woman that doesn't want to get married or have kids. They, they look at you like you're like, I don't know, your face is backwards or something. They're like, what? But that's what all women want. And a lot of men will say that's not what they want, but they do. A lot of men do want that because also it's not as committal for them to have children. It's not their body that they're doing it with. So it's it's a lot easier for them to want that. So even dating can be quite hard. And I'm, I'm lucky that my partner, he doesn't want these things either. I mean, but the thing is they can change their mind if they want to, whereas we can't. But it's hard. It's hard mm. because a lot of men still want these traditional things and they find it tr- like attractive to have a woman that wants these traditional things. So I think that men get painted with this whole thing of like, yeah, oh yeah, so men, are, men are playboys who don't want children and stuff. And it's like, I actually have found the total opposite, especially when I was younger. I used to date uh, like the, the men that I dated and the people I was in relationships with. I always used to go for older men, maybe like, seven seven to ten years dear god they wanted to procreate with me so badly they were just there i want i literally they were like i want to have your babies and i was just there like as like a 24 25 year old like ah i don't know if i want children help me (laughs) like maybe in a few years and they were just like no now and i was like ah my god so i feel like there's there are all these different dynamics that are happening that no one really talks about Mm. of like not just like women being different to to the traditional bumper sticker kind of thing, but also men as well. Mm. So it's very strange. I feel like we're in a very, very interesting phase of life right now. Yeah, I think with like relationships and people being single, like I think this whole entire space of like dating, it's still finding its feet. And I think it's so interesting because I can see it from so many different ways. Talking about depth, your next kind of venture that I'm really excited for you is you are bringing female friendships back together, especially in London. So you have a new business that you've started and you're all about like connection and just like helping women navigate friendships in this day and age. We're talking about relationships here and this goes for all relationships. I feel like all relationships are changing at such a rapid rate. And I think ever since the pandemic, we've also been very solo and kind of Mm -hmm. isolated. Mm -hmm. I felt that greatly. I feel like it's really affected our friendships. And I feel like we're in this generation that we need connection. We need to be around one another. We need more community and we need more spaces to create community. And that's what you've done recently. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and making friends as an adult? Like, oh my gosh, this is such a big topic and something that so many people need help with. Yeah, massively. So I started New Cycle Society, which, you know, it's this community, it's a membership-based community for women in London to predominantly women. I sort of said it's for everyone, but it is mostly marketed at women. For women in London to make friends, and it's especially marketed at people in their late 20s or throughout their 30s, because this is like such a what the fuck, like part of your life where like all the things that we've spoke about are things people doing more traditional bumper sticker kind of like route to life, societal route to life and settling down, getting married, having kids, people who are not doing that, people who are traveling, people who are doing jobs, people who are setting up businesses, people who are just doing so many different things. And friendships are actually being affected by this quite a lot because if you think about more traditionally, if we all took a more traditional route of like, we go to school, university, get a job, settle down, get married, have kids, and like we're friends with our friends and our kids are friends and the friendships all stay together. But because everyone's doing different things, it makes it really hard for friendships to Mm. flourish and it makes it very easy for friendships to fizzle. And I definitely feel like I've found that especially from turning 30 and I was in a long distance relationship at the time that just ended. And whilst I obviously was doing long distance, he wasn't in the same country as me. So I spent a lot of time by myself and I had a lot of time for my friends. So it's not like it was one of those relationships where I just didn't see my friends for ages and then broke up with them. And we're like, oh my God, hey, you free. But there's the fact that my whole life trajectory changed after that relationship that I was like, okay, I need to really reassess where I'm at. And I was like, who are my friends? Where are they at? What are they doing? And because of also because of COVID, COVID and getting older changed so much. A lot of my friends were living in London and they were like, we've decided to sell our apartments or we've decided to buy somewhere outside of London and settle down there. And so it didn't, it went from being like, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Or hey, did you want to go for a drink this weekend or one night after work? And us all meeting up for dinner after work randomly the next day to being like, hey, let's make plans. Okay, when's everyone free? Cool, three months time. It's just yeah ridiculous and I was like I felt really sad I remember sitting there in the park 
And I live opposite park, so I felt quite traumatized by it. So I'd be sitting in my window, working on a Saturday, just type, type, typing and editing. And I'd just see all these people in the park having fun in groups of friends. And I remember looking at them being like, who are these people and how do they know each other? How are they out having fun together? Where are my friends? And like all my friends would always be so busy with their partners or their partner's friends, their partner's families. Everyone's lives seemed to really revolve around their boyfriends. And I was just like, what's going on? Like, why don't I have any friends? And I had quite a few really good friends, but they were like individual, like one-on-one friends. So they all had their own friendship groups as well. And I was like, I need to do something about this, not only just for me, but I feel like there's gotta be other people feeling the same. And obviously with what I do as an influencer, I do those really corny influencer Q and A's and people will always be like, oh, please give me advice on how to make friends in London. I'm new here and I haven't got any friends or the opposite. I've lived here for years and now all my friends have moved away. I don't have anyone to hang out with. How do I meet people? And I would get asked that all the time. And I would see all my other influencer friends get asked this as well. And everyone would always uh, like answer with the same thing. Oh, maybe join like a sports group or sports class or get a hobby or do this and try and meet people there. But there was never really a solid answer of do this. So that's why I was like, I'm gonna create New Circle Society for people who wanna make a new circle of friends or feel like they've got a new circle of friends to do cool shit in the city. And it can be anything from like wholesome events to like sort of like more like random things. So for example, we launched it. The way it works, it's a members platform. So you sign up to the membership in the platform and you get access to the podcast, blog posts. We're launching exclusive discounts on there as well but you also get access to the events. And the events are, most of them are free, but then we have more of some of the premium ones, which like obviously cost a bit extra. So we have everything from doing like really like chill. At the end of summer, we had some like picnics in the park. We had like a hot girl walk all together. We have like a big F1 fan. So we do Formula One watch parties every single time there's a race on. We've done like pottery painting, like museum lates, gone to like the science museum and done like their lates and had a few drinks. We've got things like a live country music night coming up, which is so random. It was one of the members suggestions. And I was just like, this is so random, but let's do it. Like we're collaborating with a few beauty venues and doing beauty events. Mm -hmm. And it's just really cool. And it's been so fulfilling and so nice and I feel like actually really healing for me as well because I've never been anyone who struggled making friends I make friends like very easily and I've only ever fallen out with maybe one or two people I don't really fall out with people either but I find that for friendships for me it's just more it's just more this changing period of being in this like age where people's priorities are different Mm -hmm. and because I don't have kids don't want kids My priority is work and friends and fun and boyfriends. They're my priorities. And you find that you end up being lower on someone else's priority list and that is fine. But what about these people? What about people like me who wanna be able to go out and do something cool? And you know what? They're happy doing these things alone, but they don't necessarily wanna do it alone. They Mm -hmm. want the fulfillment of doing it with people. So that's why I created it and it's been so amazing. And we've got around 300 members at the moment and it only launched three weeks ago, which is actually crazy. And so everyone, good. I know. And everyone is just like so nice. And I was a little bit worried because people, you know what? People always used to say this, right? And they still say this, girls can be really bitchy. And I used to get this a lot. So when I lived at my house in my final year of university, I think 10 or 11 of us lived in one house. Mm -hmm. And when I tell people about this, people were like, oh my God, was it not like really bitchy? That must've been like so bitchy. And I was like, no, it it was like a fucking utopia. Everyone was so loving and it was so wonderful. And I loved it so much. So it was amazing. But like, this is what people are kind of a little bit like with New Circle Society, like, oh, has there been any bitchiness or anything? And is there anyone who's been weird or bitchy? And I'm like, no, everyone has been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's people who are all in the same boat. People just want to make friends and yeah. they just want to do, they also, it's not necessarily like, there's no guarantee they're going to come out of it and be like, oh, I found a new bestie. But there is a kind of guarantee that you're going to go to these events and you're going to do fun things with people it's going to fill a void in your week and it's going to give you something cool to do. And it's really, really nice. And I love that. I I think the thing I really love is that you gave the example that I think is just such a classic one of go hang out and do a sports thing. I have said an answer like that so many times other than that, or I've said, come on a retreat. Cause I know when people come to my retreats, they'll meet people, but that's a huge investment to come Mm -hmm. on a retreat. And I think that it's so cool because what you're doing is there are so many people that are literally going to yoga classes and going to all 
all these little like random events looking for friends because that's what everyone tells them to do. But the other people that are at those events aren't looking for friends. They're there to do freaking yoga. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, why is this person like really chatty to me after the class? Like I got to get home to the kids. Like this is my like 60 minutes to myself. But then there's other people that are there for human connection. So I think I always say when you have an intention for anything, when you have an intention and you put that intention out there, then that creates such a beautiful energy. Because once the intention is set, then that is going to amplify it. And if all these people are coming because they are literally, hi, I am looking for new friends. I have time. I have space. I have availability to make new friends. Like I'm putting myself out there. Then I think that's just like such an incredible way to connect. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, I had so many people message me before being like, oh, I really want to join, but I've got really bad anxiety and I'm really nervous. And I, and even like people being like, oh, is it going to be like really like cool influencer girls because I'm literally just like a normal girl and I was like oh my god like no everyone's so normal and Mm -hmm. so nice and I there was this one girl who came to the first event and she was deaf and she messaged me before being like I really want to join I really want to come to the first event but I'm deaf and I I communicate and understand predominantly by lip reading and typing on the notes on my phone and she was I was like how I was like I really want you to come. I really want you to feel comfortable. And she told me, she was like, I have really bad social anxiety because of Mm. it. And I was like, I will be with you at the event. Obviously I'm going to have to be off doing other things and speaking to other people. But I was like, just come, even if it's for 10 minutes to see how you feel. And that will be an amazing thing to do. And she came and she had a good time. And she did get to a point where I went and sat down with her and she was like, I'm really struggling to keep up with the group because everyone's talking so much and I can't keep up with what people are saying. And she was like, I might go home soon. And I was like, I am so proud of you for coming. Mm. And I let her know, I was like, I will let you know the smaller events. So you feel a little bit less intimidated by what's happening. And you feel that you can kind of take things at your own pace. But I was like, that's incredible. Some of the stories of these women coming, just wanting to make friends. I, I just I think it's really really beautiful and I'm such a girl's girl I love women I think they're amazing and it's just you are a girl's girl I'm such a girl's <laughs> you girl you are such a girl's girl I don't have many male friends <laughs> my male friends are like my boyfriend my friend's boyfriends yeah. so like I just I'm such a girl's girl and I just I really love I just it's so rewarding and I feel mm. so grateful and I this is something that I wanted to st- had the idea for it last summer in the UK. So it was like over a year ago now. Originally, I thought about making a platform where people could chat to each other, but like on online, but I was like, you know what? No, that's a lot more admin in terms of like yeah. product development. So I'll just keep it to doing events and then people get to actually do things in real life. So that, cause that's what people need. They 100%. need that real life human connection. Oh, I'm such a big advocate yeah. for in-person connection. Absolutely. So it's been great and it's been three weeks and I've actually, I'm, I mean, I'm flying back to London in a few days. I can't wait to have the first event. I can't wait to see everyone again. It's so mm. nice. And we're planning on doing travel, launching travel aspects of it next year. So cool. Because also it's another thing, like another thing which drive me crazy. Seeing all these like really cool girls trips on TikTok and Instagram and being like, messaging my friends being like hey guys should we try and do like a group trip like a little girls trip this year and everyone's like yeah great and then it turns out no one can do it and Mm -hmm. it's just sucks so I'm like I'm gonna create that and I would love the dream whilst I want to keep things quite small and intimate and bespoke and kind of like very community-based, I would love to be able to branch this out. So hopefully it'll grow into something much bigger in in the years to come. Yeah, I was reading the reviews on your website and you had one review that I really loved, which was about how you also have some events that are not so much focused around alcohol. And you're not, you said to me earlier today that you're not a big drinker yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this about me. I literally just came off a 12-month sober experiment. So I did 365 days without alcohol. Congrats. Thank you. It's amazing. And it was a really, really, really interesting time. I did podcasts on it, on this channel about it. So if anyone's interested in that, hasn't listened to those episodes, I've got them linked down below in the show notes. And I think that it's so, it's so cool that a lot of people are now creating spaces that are like, obviously people drink at your events, but they're also encouraged if you don't want to drink, you don't have to, and you're not a big drinker yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also just something I want to say that is so important. And I think that so many people that I know are looking for spaces like that and also looking for things that they can do during the day Mm. that aren't just focused around drinking. And I think that the interesting thing about what you're doing is like the intention is connection first. So when you plan to meet up with a bunch of friends and it's like, oh, let's go and get like a boozy brunch or whatever, the intention is really first and foremost, food and alcohol. And when the intention is food and alcohol what happens you eat a lot of food Mm -hmm. and you drink a lot of alcohol Mm -hmm. and maybe the connection isn't there or maybe it's food alcohol and get a cute instagram photo but your whole thing is really around like bringing people together and yeah there might be drinks there but it's not kind of like the premise of why people are going yeah so you're not a big drinker so in your some of your events like people are coming and they're drinking and not drinking and it's a total mix yeah it's well to be honest 
most people don't drink even the first party that we had it was just like a the weather was we had this beautiful like heat wave in September so it was like the perfect thing to like have like a pic I was so glad because I'd always always said my first event will be a picnic in the park in Hyde Park because that was where I first had the idea for this was sitting in Hyde Park Aww. having a picnic with my friend full so circle I was like moment. yeah it was a very full circle moment so full circle was, moment for new circles for new circle society. Society. literally it was it was and I was just there like oh God, but we're launching in September and the weather is so hit and miss in September. My birthday is in September and it usually rains. And I was just like, ah, but then we had this heat wave and I was like, oh my God, like suddenly the universe is shining down. Like it's going to be perfect. And we had drinks, right? We had a selection of non-alcoholic drinks and then like, you know, alcoholic drinks. Mm -hmm. No one really drank much of the alcoholic drinks. I still have so many tins of wine left over because so many people just did not drink the alcohol. Mm. Everyone was like, no, non-alcoholic's good for me. To a point where I was like, I am running out of non-alcoholic beverages. Even, yeah, all the events that we've done so far, we've only had four. We've done the picnic in the park. We did a museum late where there was a bar and I actually was really in the mood for a drink that night. I was just like, just one, just one drink. And we all we went to the cafe like afterwards in the museum and we got like a drink. And most people, to be honest, had a non-alcoholic one. Mm. And then we had a, we did a pottery class where people could bring Prosecco and have like drinks. But no, everyone was like, yeah, I'll just have tea. I'll just have tea and cake. And then- So British. Yeah, exactly. And then I went straight on from that event to the F1 watch party where we did drink. Mm -hmm. And this is like a kind of, it makes sense when the Formula One is on, it's they have a happy hour and it's 10 pounds for a cocktail jug, which isn't heard of because most cocktails in London cost like 12 pounds by themselves, mm. let alone for a jug of cocktail. So we, I mean, it was pretty much juice. I don't think there's any booze in there. So we all ended up with like a jug of cocktail each, but like there was no pressure to drink either. If you didn't, no one wanted to drink, you didn't have to. And I think that's the thing because the drinking culture in London is so huge. It's so huge. And as someone who doesn't drink very much, I don't, I really don't like to drink. And I'll maybe have a couple. Honestly, I'll have two drinks and then I'm like, that's me done. I don't like being, I don't like being hammered. I don't like feeling out of control in my body. I don't like the hangover. I don't like the anxiety. I just don't, it's going to sound maybe a bit of a, a dick thing to say. I don't really like the optics or the aesthetic of it. Like I don't like being messy. Mm-hmm. I don't like looking messy. I don't like presenting in that way. I find it really unattractive and like a bit gross. Like when other people are like that, I'm just a bit like, oh, come on. Like, I don't know. I feel like for people, I don't know. I just find like, why, why does everyone feel like they have to get so obliterated to have a good time? So that's why I was like at New Cycle Society, Yes, we are going to have a few more boozy events. I actually really need to focus on putting some more alcohol-related things on the menu at some point. But it is everything's really wholesome at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. It's really good because I feel like it's nice to be able to create a connection. And I feel like a lot of people, the same with dating, I feel like a lot of people feel like they maybe need to have a drink to give themselves that confidence mm. and to make themselves feel a little bit like, essentially like, it's like a social lubricant. Mm. I'm creating a space where hopefully people don't like feel like they don't need that, which is yeah. really nice, really, really nice. So yeah, I'm really proud of what I've been doing so far. I think the best businesses in life are created from like an actual need. Like that's like the definition of entrepreneurship. Yes. Like you see something out in the market that people need, that people want, and then you create it and then they will come. Yeah, And I think that so like true. friendship, connection, and and like having an actual intention of wanting to create friends, mm-hmm. not just like meet up. Because I think there's so many things out there for entrepreneurship and this, but it's actually just connecting with other women. It's like, it seems like such a, I don't know, it's so funny because I've had this conversation with people before. They're like, oh, you know, like that seems like such a basic thing. And I'm like, okay, but you've got like 12 friends that you have from school mm-hmm. and you've kept those 12 friends and you've never moved. If someone has moved or they've changed jobs a lot, or they've come from a small town and then moved to a big town mm-hmm. like London, like people really need. Yeah. that connection it's true we get we have quite a lot of australian people because obviously so many aussies move oi, over. Oi, oi. yeah exactly i honestly feel like it was like half the people who came to the first event were australian i love that <laughs> so it was like it was so nice because i feel like such like a I feel like Aussies are very like kindred spirits to UK, the people in the UK. So it was, it was really, really nice. I just, I'm counting down the days going back to London and having the first event and seeing everyone again. I'm genuinely making my own real good friends through this and nothing makes me feel better when I was like, I'd sit there and or like watch people like swapping numbers and Instagrams at the mm, end and so good. make plans and be like, oh, you're going to come to the next one. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to come. Oh, I wasn't sure. I've got plans, but maybe I'll cancel those plans and come to this instead. And I'm like, ha ha ha. Yay. It's just, it's the nicest feeling in the world. So good. <laughs> Sophie, how can people find you? So I'm mostly on Instagram at it's Sophie Milner. 
I had to really think if there was anything else to it then. And then my and New Cycle Society is just at New Cycle Society on Instagram as well. And then obviously there's a website if anyone's based in London. I've loved having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the girl chat. This was the definition <laughs> of a girl chat. Yes. Uh, so good. I think it's it's always so cool when I like contact someone. Like just for anyone listening, we didn't know each other before no. today. <laughs> I think you only just realized I followed you like the other day because you were like asking about things in Bali and I reached out. So I just yeah. think it's so cool that you just made the time to come no. on and I, I just really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad we managed to do this because there was a point where I was like, I'm not going to be in Uluwatu anymore. I'm not going to be able to do this. And you were just like, um, I was like, oh no. And then I was like, actually, no, change your plan. Have you got time? And yeah. it just worked out so nicely. In between all of my packing. <laughs> I know. So yeah, thank you for making time for me. No, thank you for coming. I loved amazing. it. Amazing. So guys, go and check out all of the links. They'll be down in the show notes. And I really hope that you go and check out Sophie's Instagram. All right. <laughs> sending you guys lots of love and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations, and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.